Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Miguel Wise Show is back from Ciudad de Mexico. And we're talking Golden State Warriors with a very special guest. But first, Darlene has to thank. That's Espanol for do your thing. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Gracias, Darlene. Matt Steinmetz has been covering the Golden State Warriors since the last century. Matt was the Warriors beat writer for the Contra Costa Times from 1996 to 2005, pre-game and post-game analyst for Comcast Bay Area, now known as NBC Sports Bay Area, the broadcast home of the Warriors. Matt was also part of the Warriors radio and television roundtable programs, and he's now the host of Steiny Guru and Dibs on 95.7 The Game, based in San Francisco. Welcome, my friend. I know it's been a long time. Hey, Mike, any way you can send me that? Because I haven't put together a resume in a long time, and that Maybe I could use that. You never know in this business. <laughs> Believe me, I do know. That's the sad part. Uh, look, we're recording this prior to the Tuesday game between the Dubs and the Brooklyn Nets. But Golden State's 11-2 and two heading into the game. Best record in the NBA. I mean, I want to say Steph Curry's been the key to the hot start so far. But you're way more uh, insightful on this than I am. Please, please illuminate. Well... They're deep. That's the first thing. And obviously it all starts with Curry, Mike. But if you look at his numbers, they're actually down a little bit. His shooting percentage down is down. His three-point percentage is down a little bit. He doesn't he tends to not get off the great starts. But the one thing he's doing is, is, is everything else. And he's still the number one focus of the defense. And I think what we're seeing with the Warriors so far, and keep in mind, they played eight straight home games. Uh, they just got on the road yeah. against Charlotte a couple days ago, and now, of course, they're in Brooklyn. But they've had a few guys help them each and every game, whether it's Damian Lee, who's helped them win two or three games. Gary Payton II, he's helped them win a couple games. Otto Porter Jr. has been solid for them. Uh, Bielitsa. Helped them absolutely win their opener against the Lakers. So what's happening here, Mike, is they're deep right now. They got about 10 or 11 guys they use. But if they don't use a guy on a given day, it, they'll get to him the next game. Mm -hmm. And because the guys are young, a Juan Toscano Anderson, a Gary Payton II, Damian Lee, these are, these are three guys who 
you know, they're not NBA veterans who, who, who think they just have earned their right into the NBA. So there's not going to be any problem if a guy sits here or there and then is asked to play 20 minutes a game. And the reason I say that is because right now they don't have defined roles on this team. There's no defined rotation. But it's been working out well because Steve Kerr you know, put in Gary Payton the second and he'll get a little something out of Payton the second. And then he'll put in Toscano Anderson and he'll help him win a game. So he's really, you know, he's really got a lot of players at his, at his fingertips and at his disposal. And enough guys are playing well night to night. And, and that's why they're winning, the, winning games. The other thing they've done real quick is, even though they've got a few new players, yeah, they. It feels like they're in mid-season form. It feels like their their veteran players are pretty smart. They fit in. They fit in right away. Uh, the young players who were on the team last year kind of know the system, and it just feels like they hit the ground running this year. Whereas you know a lot of other teams, they're going to take six weeks to two months to kind of get it together. And I think the Warriors, somewhere in the back of their minds, knew we should probably get off to a good start if we can without Clay Thompson, because uh, we want to stick around in this thing. And it's just, it's, it's going great for him so far. Uh, I feel that this will tell our age more than anything other than our old um, war horse basketball stories. Steph Curry's 33, 34. I mean, he's 34. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, to me, the guy grew up in front of our eyes. I know you got to know him over the years. Um, it, it's it blows me away. I guess it dates all of us that the that he's a full on veteran now, and he's you know he's he's past his heyday, and he's probably got I don't know four or five good years left, probably three elite years left. So, like your thoughts on this? Guy. Uh, this guy, there will never be another Steph Curry, at least not out here in the Bay Area. There's just no doubt about it. Um, I remember his first media day back in 2009. Get this. His first media day, he walks in to the Warriors practice facility, and Monte Ellis is on the team at that time. Yep. And Monte Ellis says, we can't play together. Two small guards, that doesn't work. <laughs> Same day, Steven Jackson said, I want out of Golden State. That was on the first day of Steph Curry's practice that he's ever that he ever had with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So, I mean, there's I could talk forever on the guy. You're when, not at when, David. You're not at Davidson anymore, son. No, no, exactly. But you know what, Mike? Yeah. Because he grew up in the NBA, the son of Dell. He was around the game his whole life, even as a kid. Like, he knew what to expect. Like, it yeah. didn't fake him even day one because, you know, Dale came home and told him crazy stories about what goes on in the league. So that's one thing that I always think about with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. When they came into the league, they might have been rookies, but they were veterans in terms of how smart they were and what they already knew about the league. And, uh you know, he came in. He was he was scrawny, Mike, when he came in. He was he was. Oh, he could have yeah. could have been he could have been in an after school ABC after school special. Steph eat something. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he was kind of like Trey Young, a little bit bigger, a little taller. Um, if you look at him right now, I mean, this guy is slapped together. Yeah. Uh, he is strong. I think he's as strong as he's ever been. 
And he's combating AIDS with just an unbelievable training regimen, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, one of the reasons one of the reasons he's a great player is because he can play with the ball or without the ball. And his strength has really helped him off, you know, when he's off the ball. Because he he can just move and he's strong and he gets the spots and he gets the ball where he wants. He split second. Guy's been incredible. Yeah. No, he he he's like he's like a better version of Reggie Miller, where you know he just finds ways to cut, curl up picks. He finds yep. he just he moves constantly without the ball. He's like Rick Buecher with skill, um, <laughs> like 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 Buecher, like and people remember Rick Buecher from ESPN and the Bay Area. I love Buksey. You love Buksey, but let's be yeah. honest: the guy, like the, the guy, moved like a robot. He he he. He, he ran around the court like a chicken without a head. And, right. and, his, and his favorite three words were, if you need, if you need, like for a pick. Like, shut up. Get out of my way. Well, the I, other thing, am uh, I being the other too thing, cruel here? I don't know. No, no. Uh, one thing you'll find about Steph Curry is he sees the floor extremely well. And that, yeah. that puts him in stark contrast to Rick Buecher. Uh, <laughs> you know, Curry's, Curry's able to see the play ahead of him. Buker's lucky to see the play that just happened. And so that's one of the reasons that, that uh, you know, Curry's so, so incredible. To tell you, the truth. you know what? We had Nick Van Exel on our show the other day. He's assistant coach now for the Hawks. He called Curry the best three-point shooter off the dribble. And I was thinking about that. And when you... I might call him the best shooter ever. I mean, oh, I think Allen, I think... Of Ray, I, I think I sometimes, you know, and I don't want to go too far, but... I, I feel like he changed the game the way Kareem changed the game in college or other guys like, where you had to, um, I mean, not only did, you know, he sort of launched this shoot from the parking lot league, but it, he became so lethal. Like he became like, wait a minute. Uh, we're in the st statistical analysis era. Three is better than two. I distinctly remember during their championship run in, Gosh, 2017, Durant is coming down the court on the right side. Steph is like on the left side. And Durant, like you and I growing up, you and Franklin and Marshall, me at some sorry ass junior college in, in Sacramento, we were always told, hit the open man. He's there for a layup. And Durant, 6'11", instead of waiting for the alley-oop, he, he points up like, shoot it, shoot it. And Steph pulls up from three and hits it. And it's three was better than two. It was that way. And so I, in that way, I think he's changed the game. Sometimes for the worst, because not everybody could shoot from there. Exactly. But man, but, but man I, like in my lifetime, I've never seen, I mean, it's Kyrie is skilled in a different way that I've never seen. But I've never seen an, a, a player, a perimeter player, as skilled as he is in my life. Well, sometimes people are like, well, who does he remind you of? Or who's he like? And you, you know what I say? He's like Metal Lark Lemon. Because <laughs> Metal Lark Lemon could make that hook shot from half court, you know, when the Globetrotters would come. I mean, the thing about Curry is he could literally just stand at the hash mark even beyond the hash mark, and he, he must be guarded. He has to be guarded. So a lot of times if he just stays out there, now you're playing four on four, which is easier to play than five on five. And he's – I've never seen a guy who needs to be guarded so far, so far from the bucket. I Like the one thing I've always said about him is 
in a, in a crazy way to me, he's a one-of-a-kind player because he's more dangerous the further away from the basket he is. I'm telling you, you've got to guard him 30, 32 feet from the basket. And if you do that, then he can get that half step on you. And now you got trouble in a variety of ways. But I, I sp I've spent, Mike, so much time thinking about Curry over my career. You know, like his ability to get off a shot without shooting a jump shot. Right. He doesn't shoot a jump shot. And yet he, he can somehow get that shot off. It's incredible. It's uh, it's crazy to me. I, I I could talk. We could make this whole podcast about Steph, and we will when he retires in five years. Um, but I, yeah, I'm I'm blown away by him. And and also I think too, on another level, as being a guy that loved passing and moving and sort of the Magic Bird era, and what it meant to uh, not have isolation and Pat Riley taking away pieces of the court so you couldn't score. Like right. Like he to me was the you know, the prototype after all the failed prototypes of Steve Nash and the Suns. I thought that team was going to win it all. They probably should have because they got a raw deal in San Antonio that one year. Right. Um, the Kings of, of, you know, Bibby and Weber. And before that, Jason Williams, Weber. Um, I, uh, shoot, uh, the, the Suns of Nash and Dirk uh, early on. Like, I yeah. thought all those teams had a shot because they moved the ball and they, they, they brought back the team game. And yet the Warriors were the ones who did it. And of course, we know what they did it with. They got like uh, a guy like Draymond Green, who the intangible guy who didn't care about anything but winning and finding a way. And once you once you had a team like that could, that could play defense, it was over. And I still think I would put that Warriors team in their prime all up against almost anybody. I mean, the 86 Celtics, uh, the 96 Bulls, um, and, I, and, I, and they say, oh, rules are different. Rules are different. Well, yeah, but skills are different, too. Right. No, but even Steve Kerr couldn't shoot from where uh, no. Curry could. So, so I don't like I, I, I mean, and what a treat for you, by the way, a guy oh. who suffered through so many bad seasons. And I remember when we met in the early 90s, mid 90s, you, like the Warriors just sucked. I mean, they were they they were they were an embarrassment. They were uh, the the two guys. I I got to know one guy pretty good from the local NAAC P chapter. They used to sit down and the and they would bring like these huge fake blunts. And when Weber would be at the free line, throw line for the Kings, you know, on their way to a sixty game see you know sixty win season, they'd be like, "Hey Chris, hey Chris," and Weber would just be smiling. And that was the reason to go to. Huh? Shannon Reeves. Shannon Reeves, you got him. And, yeah, great and Mark, dude. And Mark and Anthony Jones, they would sit on the corner and they would heckle. Yeah. But they would do it in a nice way and like they never used profanity or anything like that. They oh, were man. hilarious. It was a comedy yeah. team. And now yeah. those guys probably I gotta imagine just still have season tickets. And and now and now they're looking at the the most you know three or four years they win it all. And just, you know, recently because of Clay Thompson's injury and changing up the roster, but still, what a run. I guess the question to you is, uh, are they good enough to win another championship or is this a little bit of a camouflage because it's early season, they had all these home games? I didn't think they were that good this year, good enough to win a title. I'm still a little skeptical, but... It's it's within the realm of possibility, I think. Believe, believe it or not, I think 
it's all going to depend on Clay Thompson. Because if he can be, if he can be like Clay Thompson, then I think all bets are off. Um, but I think that's a long shot. I think that's an injury where next year he might be better. But the thing about – the thing that Thompson gives you is he gives you the ability to defend a point guard so that Steph doesn't have to. That's one of the things that this team has done incredibly well. Like, you know, when they played Houston over the years, Clay Thompson would guard Harden. And he, he always turned – he was able to turn him into a volume shooter. All the time, you know, nine for 23. And you know what? That's how you beat Houston back in the day. So it's going to be incredible when Clay Thompson comes back. They're hoping around Christmas. And I think it just depends on how, you know, how how back he is. He, here's Poole, the, Jordan Poole's playing like a borderline all-star right now. Yeah. He, I'll tell you what, Mike. Who's the uh, – trying to think. Who's the – the biggest ball hog in the media that we've ever met, do you think? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Oh, God. Stephen A. was pretty bad back then. I'll tell you who. I played with this guy once, and he, he I don't think he made a pass. Got guy named Chris Palmer. Oh, Chris Palmer. Oh, God. NBA, ESPN Magazine now. I think he's got a Twitter account. Um, as, I that guy, oh my God, Chris Tom, Chris Palmer never met a, a shot he didn't no. like. No, Chris Poole Palmer, you know, he, so uh, Jordan Poole takes a lot of yeah, shots. Uh, yeah, he was, he, and he, mature, remember Jordan Crawford? Sure, sure. Yeah, he, he, he was a gun. Or Jamal, Jamal a little bit he's like, but, um, you know, so what's Clay? Shots. Uh, no, okay. Yeah, he did. So when he comes back, Clay Thompson comes back, Jordan Poole's going to have to be a little more disciplined, but. Yeah, he's helping him as a third guard, no doubt about it. Why don't why, why, why don't they just like bring Clay Thompson off the bench? I th- I think he could be sixth man of the year if 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 Steve wanted to do that. I think they may do that to start because he's I I'd be surprised if he plays more than twenty minutes to start. I think he's going to sit back to backs. Um, mm. But that's what everybody's waiting for out here, Mike, because it's yeah. been two years and. You know, they missed the playoffs two years in a row. So uh, they got, you know, they got to get back. And here's the other thing. If they, if something happens this year and they, somebody gets hurt and they don't go to the playoffs, it's over. This is the last run for, for Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. Um, Joe Lake of the owners going to, you know, this is their last crack at it. And I think if they don't, you know, finish fourth or fifth, or they look like they can then take the next step. Then I think it's time to break this up. And I think I think Warrior fans would be ready for that. But I, I think what's gonna happen if Clay's okay is they're gonna be maybe top four. And then at that point, you can see where they'd have to go next year. So yeah, they gotta figure out where they fit in the West right now. Well, t- to me, it's you're right. The the window is is and same with the Lakers for that matter, LeBron's health. Um, if, the, if, if LeBron's ever going to get a fifth ring uh, or even try for a sixth, it, it's got to happen in the next two years. And, and right. all these te- – and then, and then you've got, you know, Jokic is just going to get better teammates over the years. Luka's going right. to get better teammates. Um, maybe now that Neil O'Shea is in trouble in Portland, they'll do something to help uh, Damian Lillard at some point. I don't know. But, but the bottom line is the West is still – the West is still full. Phoenix isn't going anywhere. It's just, right. you know, it's, it's, 
and that's, that's what it is. And that's the thing, Mike. They, the Warriors haven't played Denver. They haven't played Dallas. They haven't played Phoenix. Played Memphis and got beat. Uh, Memphis plays the Warriors real, real well for for whatever reason. So uh, they beat the Lakers opening night when the Lakers were, you know, I don't know what they were doing. So yeah. um, they still got to. They haven't played Brooklyn. They haven't played Milwaukee. So they got to. You know, they're going to have some tough games coming up, but they built themselves some padding. That's for sure. Um, while this run is still all intents and purposes still going, especially if Clay gets back, I, I get you've been like I said, you've been close to it too. I hate the term, you know, we have a great culture. We have a great it's like I, I've never met a freaking losing team with a great culture. It's, it's sort of like winning is the great deodorant. If you win, you got a great culture. You you could have uh, three people under investigation for money laundering, another a fourth with DUI. But God darn it, if we win, we got a great culture. And yet, well, you know, the, the Heat always talk about this, and because it's led by a psycho like Pat Riley, who's the, the to me is the greatest. Uh, you know, Phil Jackson, sure. You know, but I, I still think Riley. I still think Riley could take me, you, and three NBA players and still win twenty games. Yeah, I put Riley. I put Riley above Phil Jackson. I, I do. do too. And but 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 other than St- I'm thinking of like in terms of culture, you know, they the Warriors have had a pretty solid culture even in downtimes, and you know and you know Andre Iguodala returns. What is the core of that culture? Is it just Steph Curry and Curry. Thompson kick ass, or is there something else? It's Steph Curry. Okay. I think it's Steph Curry. That's, and that's the thing we're going to find out down the line. Because I don't know if you've ever talked to the Warriors owner, Joe Lacob. He's a uh, – no. I've got him over the last decade. I He's kind of a piece of work. I, I've come to like him. Uh, I've come to kind of like his arrogance and confidence. And he would tell you, I built – you know, I was part of building this culture. I think it's mostly Steph Curry, to yeah. tell you the truth. And, and, that's, and that's why when I say the Warriors will never have another Steph Curry, it's not just because of the player. That's who he is. Every, yeah, I think it's Steph Curry. But yeah. I, I can be proven wrong in four years. No, I, I, I agree with you. Bob, Bob Watts, I mean, Bob Myers made some great moves. And I think no he's, done, he's done all the right things. Um, in fact, he reminded me of, um, oh, God, who was uh, Jeff Petrie back in the day? when he just knew how to put people around the, the, the right guys. And it didn't matter if it was, it was a guy who was going to play three years in the league or his guy who's going to play 10, he would find that nugget and he would, and he would get a hold of him before his down years. And, and then he would take a chance on a guy that he just thought was a heart and soul player and he would bring him back. But so this, this is Bob Myers, but, but when I think of Steph, I mean, like I still remember going up to the first time, like 2011 or something when they, and I go, you probably don't remember this, but, you know, me, Frank, I saw a couple of Knicks writers would go to, you know, stay for Charlotte shoot around and we'd shoot afterwards. And we remember like, there's this light skinned skinny kid. Oh, that's Del right. Curry's kid. And he laughed and he goes, yeah, I used to shoot every time after you guys got off the court. And, and he goes, some of you media guys were really bad. And I'm like, yeah, we were. And, uh, <laughs> but he's like, he refused to call me anything but sir. And I wasn't that, you know, it's like right. 10, 10 years ago. I wasn't even 50 yet. And yet um, and that, and now I like meet him. Not only has he grown up, but he still has that same respectful ma- maturity that I, it just carries over in so many ways. So, so when, one of the things that Curry did was 
So when he came into the league, everybody was still using the phrase tweener. And whether it was a one or two or a three or four. And one of the things was, you know, I, that I used to say was, you know, this guy, is he a one? Is he a two? And when you say that, it had a negative connotation. Curry turned that into, that's what I think Curry changed is, well, he's not a true point guard, but he's not a true shooting guard, but that made him better. And the funny thing is, is over the years, as he started winning, winning titles, I would see him every once in a while, and he'd always give me grief about, uh, am, I, am I a true point guard right now? And I would say, no, but it's still working out for you, you know what I mean? And, and that's, uh, and he always kind of remembered that, gave me grief about it, but he never held it against me, he always laughed about it. But more important was, you know, his ability to play both is I think what makes him maybe one of the greatest perimeter players of all time. Because everybody always says, oh man, if Steph played pick and roll 90% of the time like Harden, he could score 40, 45. Yeah, he could. But you know what? He's better when he plays half on the ball, half off the ball. Because he's tougher to guard off the ball because five, you know, five players' eyes aren't on him. Um, yeah. So to me, him and Draymond, in a way, changed the definition of tweener from negative to positive. And Draymond the same way. He came out of Michigan State. Well, he's too small to be a power forward. He's not quick enough to be a – I'm sorry, he's not, he's not big enough to be a power forward. He's not quick enough to be a small forward. But what you found is he's actually quick enough to defend threes and he's strong enough to defend fours, and he turns that disadvantage into an – kind of like Barkley. You know, Barkley was – you couldn't guard – Draymond does it on the defensive end. Barkley, you guard him with a three, he goes into the post. You guard him, uh, you know, or you got him with a four, he goes to the perimeter. You guard him with a three, he goes into the post. So he turned that into an advantage. And I think both Draymond and Curry did the same thing. Yeah, I, I, I could talk about them all day. Do you, uh, Draymond, uh, it was always said that he, that was one of the reasons Kevin Durant left. Um, what were your feelings about Draymond? I mean, he, he has, he has this dick quality to him. Pardon my French where, but, but he's like, to me, he's like Oakley with more skill where, and, and, and speed where he, and, and passing ability, like he's the, he's the ultimate guy where you hate him when you're playing against him, but you want him on your team. Yeah. He's a, he's a made man out here. There's just no doubt about it. Like he, are you, you know, are you saying that Draymond Green is in the mafia? Is I'm he, not saying that, Mike. But what I'm saying is he's, he's untouchable. In the, he's in the Warriors mafia. Yes, he's he's untouchable. <laughs> and, 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 you know, he can he can get you know what he can get away with stuff that other guys can't get away with just because right. he's earned it. Um, he's a, he can be a tough guy to play with, no doubt about it. But he get, you know, look at a guy like Andrew Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins is probably playing the best basketball of his career now, yeah. certainly on a defensive end, and it's got to have something to do. Uh, it's got to have something to do with Draymond Green. So, you know, there's not coaches working with him that, that made Wiggins better, but you think that – Yeah, well, you know what? Yeah. yeah, Ron Adams, you probably, you're probably very familiar with Ron Adams, the assistant uh, coach. What are, you, what are you talking about? He's a Fresno hey, guy, right? He's a Fresno State guy. That's I went right. to Fresno State. He was, he was coach. I mean, uh, the, the, Ron Adams is one of the great stories in the NBA to me. 
because I can remember being at like a, a, a UOP Pacific versus Fresno State game in the late 80s. Rod Adams is the coach. And me thinking, this guy is not going to get a high school job after this because people in the stands are berating him. And his wife is just sitting in the stands as depressed as ever. And I'm thinking, this guy's done. And yet, boom, he becomes a part of one of the great staffs of all time. And then he ends up like, it's it's like a great story. He's a little like uh, Tim Gergerich back in the day. Oh, okay. Um, Gerg. No. Yeah, because I think I think a lot of people think Ryan Adams is one of the best best assistant coaches. Defensively, he's done a good, you know, yeah. he's been the architect kind of of him defensively over the years. Yeah, I love him. He's he's a great number two guy. I mean, he's just one of these guys where he loves that other people have the spotlight. He does his job. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, and let's let so Draymond. Okay, he's not he, he's one of these guys that can get away with things. Um, Iguodala, does he give this team anything now, or is it more uh, more yeah. locker room leadership? <laughs> I thought I thought he was just about done. Um, it felt that way, but yeah. he's been another guy who's helped them win games this year. Um, not much of an offensive threat anymore, but like yeah. I don't know. I know my hey Mike. I know Miami's got a great culture. But for some reason, he just loves it out here. I think a lot of it has to do with the golf, to tell you the truth. But <laughs> nevertheless, um, and he loves Steph Curry. He just loves Steph Curry. Like, he makes it – he's like Steph Curry's PR guy. He really is. And uh, so he came back here, and he's given him some. He's going to take a lot of nights off. But yeah. um, he's like an assist. He's kind of like Adonis Haslam with a little more left in the tank. Yeah, I see, yeah, I see him as that as well. <laughs> All right. Um, a couple things about the league. Do do, do the Brooklyn Nets, uh, if they get to the can they win it all without Kyrie? I don't know. Can can is James Harden out of shape or is or has he lost a half a step? That's what I. That to me determines it. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I because think I think. Right. Because of all those three players, I actually think Harden's the most well-equipped to basically become the passer of that group. Um, doesn't mean he's not going to score, um, but Harden's got to play at a higher level. But I, I'll tell you what, Kevin Durant's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, can they win it? I don't think so, because I think if Milwaukee's healthy, they're still the best team. The thing I love about Milwaukee is their three best players are all really, really good defensively, whether it's Drew Holiday, Middleton, or Giannis. So they're going to be pretty good on that end of the floor. Um, it's just I, I got to see what's going to happen with Kyrie, but I guess nothing's going to happen with Kyrie. Are you fully vaccinated, Matt? Of course. Of course. Are you? Not yeah, I am. I just got my booster the other day, and um, but it's not it's not for COVID. It's for measles. No, I'm kidding. It is. For um, no, no, I, I I know. I just don't understand the whole. I mean, I know he's a different guy. It just we could we could talk about it. I mean, you know what? I think a lot of it, honestly, Mike. It's it's got to do with age. It's it's you know I know Kyrie's a little older, but it's a 25, 28 year old who. But look at but look at Aaron Rodgers. He's invincible. He's that's true. And he's supposed to he's supposed to be a guy progressive from Cal and, and Chico, you know? Oh, you never know. know. Yeah. 
No, you don't know. You don't know at all anymore. You can change. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like next time we have you on, you're a QAnon guy, and I don't. <laughs> you know, it's possible. It's <laughs> me and Mark Taylor Green. Uh, you know, we're two <laughs> birds of a feather. I love it. I mean, we just obviously the Bay Area where I grew up when I was a real little kid um, uh, before we moved to Hawaii. But I love that the I love this social conscience renaissance that's happened in sports. Even the guys I disagree with, and I think they go too far. Like, I love LeBron. I think sometimes you don't know right. what the hell he's talking about, but I love that he puts right. himself out there. I mean, before, you know, Colin Kaepernick gets all this love. Like, let's be honest. LeBron yeah, was the guy who – LeBron and Dwayne Wade got the heat to put on hoodies during the Trayvon Martin thing. That was a right. signature moment where nobody, no, nobody in almost any sport would, especially a Jordan or Tiger Woods, but they would never put themselves oh, out there like that. And yet these guys were going to do that, and whether you liked it or not. And I kind of – I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of enamored by it, but it's funny. I'm a hypocrite in a way because I, got, I want guys that have my point of view. Once I have exactly. Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, what? You're telling me exactly. you're, you're friends with Joe Rogan? Uh, I mean, yeah. get over yourself. The guy's like five, six. And yeah, okay, 11 million people listen to him a day. I am jealous of his podcast. More people will listen. I know it's a shocker. More people will listen to his podcast this week than mine. And that's hurtful in many ways. We'll, we'll see. You don't, hey, Mike, give me a little more credit than that. Wait, right. when, when you say you got Matt Steinmetz on, those – that that gap's gonna shrink, I believe. Yeah, you're right. I think I think you're right. There will be a, a small version of like um, like very rural Pennsylvania, and and parts of the Bay Area, and that's about it. Maybe maybe a yeah. family in Germany that I don't know about um, from back in the day, but that's about it. And uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, your favorite player to watch. Uh, outside of Steph Curry, like uh, somebody that you just like go, oh, God damn. Or he's either got my game when I was good or he's just he, he, he's just so fun to watch. I'd probably be Trey Young. I think, yeah. he's, I, think he, I think he's pretty incredible, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Trey Young, Luca. Uh, see, Luca, Luca. You know what? I don't He's got a little European softness still, doesn't he? Well, I don't like the I don't like the Luca Bird comparison. To me, Luca's more like James Harden. He, I gave Howard Beck a grief for this. Like he was like, I know, I and I go, what? Why? What? Like, yeah, Luca's got more James Harden in him than than uh, Bird. I don't, you know, yeah. It, yeah. I think, I so, think yeah, because there's never been there hasn't been a white superstar in so long in the league. People go nuts with uh, exactly. oh, here, he come, here he comes, the next Bird. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody so yeah. I, player now. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, Bird never, Bird never dicked around with a ball at the top of the circle for five seconds and then shot a fadeaway. You know, he he shoot a fadeaway after curling off a screen or something. And then he rebound the ball and shoot it with his left exactly. hand off the backboard. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I gotta see, I gotta see Luca get to the um, finals. Before I before I pronounce him the next big thing, I love watching him and uh, yeah and oh shoot Jokic, I mean I, if I could have passed He's like that good. during our media league games, we we could have <laughs> we could have won a lot. Um, I mean, you know that guy, that guy's better than people think. You know I heard something last year that oh he might be the worst MVP. 
get out of here. I mean, the guy is, you know, like he's, he to me is a little like, not totally, but a little like Sabonis. But I never saw Sabonis in Russia. Yeah. When he came to the Blazers, he was a little bit past his prime, but still unbelievable. Jokic is a little like him. Jokic, if he was a little stronger, would be Shaq with range. I mean, yeah. he had so many. I oh, had so many inside. Actually, Kevin McHale with a little meat on him. I mean, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Like his up and unders. His it just. I, I think it's great. Um, I think it's great for the game. Unfortunately, my son will never play in the NBA because there are too many foreigners now who have, you know, they've been, David Stern did a good job, uh, such a good job of outsourcing the league that he's taking jobs away from our kids. Um, I know, how old is your daughter now, by the way? Which one? I got a, uh, I got, I got three. I got my I oldest. That, is, yeah. Oh, yeah. My oldest, my oldest is in D.C., uh, working for Congressman Raskin. Uh, Jamie Raskin, I love Jamie Raskin. He's in our district. Yeah, yeah she uh, she works for Jamie Raskin in his communications department. Um, my middle daughter is in college in London at King's College, and then my old uh, my youngest is a sophomore in high school. Yeah, no man, crazy. I mean, you're the only guy I know that actually started having kids at 11. That doesn't happen a lot. And, um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a medical miracle in many ways. Ready for the empty nest and five rounds of golf a day. Sure. <laughs> All right. Before, oh, we let you, before we let you go, man, a word association. All right. Uh, available word association here. Steve Kerr. Red ass. Really? Yeah. I love Steve Kerr, but he, he puts on the nice guy for people, but he's got a red ass. He's yeah, like, he does. He's, he's one of these I guys. Trey Mike Green the other day. Trey Mike Green the other day went up to him and said, your body language stinks when we turn the ball over. Cut it out. It's effective. <laughs> I, I'm dead serious. Did, did Steve Kerr about, just start rolling? Did he, yeah, uh, he's, he's broken about three to five clipboards uh, over his tenure here. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's great. Uh, let's see. Warriors PR legend, Raymond Ritter. Oh my God. Uh, indefatigable. How's that? Indefatigable. That's good. I don't know if it's yeah. indefatigable or indefatigable. It's, it's better. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Like if you called that guy, um, after he'd been dead for three years, he'd still answer the phone. <laughs> well, he, you know, his, his auto replies would still be on, I'll bet you. No doubt about it. Dude, that yeah. guy was Showtime Lakers. Yeah. Showtime yeah. Lakers. Oh, oh, yeah, he was, yeah, no, it's unbelievable. He never ages. He's, he's the Benjamin Button of his profession. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, he's a legend. And he looks like Brad Pitt, too, which... Just incredible. <laughs> uh, the people we're talking about now, like I know people are listening going, this is so inside. I'm not going to listen to this podcast. Screw you. This is good stuff. All right. Bob Myers, the general manager of the Warriors. Uh, class act. Class act. You know what? Here's, a, here's something about Bob Myers. When he was a big boy agent and I was working for the Contra Costa Times. Yeah. What the hell that was? You think Arn Tellum ever returned a call of uh, mine? 
Never. David, David, David Falk didn't either. No, never. Bob Myers returned calls and returned texts when uh, when nobody else would when he was an agent. That's, hey, man, that's, that's something I remember to this day. Plus, he gave me his courtside seats to the game against the Hawks last week. So he can do no wrong in my book. My God, you are just gone down the ethical hill. Oh. You, you don't even, you're not even a journalist anymore. You're an entertainer. No, absolutely not. No, I'm not. Um, all right, let's, let's go to somewhere else here. Um, and we talked about him earlier. Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher, the, his best trait as a basketball player, I always felt, was the fact that he was in really good shape. Oh, essentially. Now, if, yeah. he was, if, if, he, if, if he was the Kobe of the Shaq and Kobe of any tandem ever, he, yeah. he was dedicated to filling his body while many of us were eating Louisiana crunch cakes from Entenmann's. Exactly. I, I'm lucky because I, I used to be on the beat with Rick in the mid nineties. And he was a, he was a, he was a bear back then on the beat. Um, I've always liked Rick a lot. Always liked Rick a lot. I know that sometimes ruffle ruffle feathers, but yeah, I've always gotten along with Rick, and I actually really respect his career to tell you the truth. Because it doesn't seem like he does much anymore, but I think he's probably raking in the money somehow. Yeah, Buker is. uh, I I think he's as what do you call it? As old as he is contemporary, he finds a way to stay in the, nice. in, in, in the business. And but no, he's just a solid human being too. Even though we had a rivalry on the court, got him and Bembry used to give me fits. Jerry Bembry. Bembry's uh, tough. Uh, Bembry was a tough player. Bembry was Rick Mahorn um, with with uh, with worse knees. I mean, he was, you know. Uh, the guy I never played against, the meaty guy I never played against, who I heard was real good, was Rick Tellender from Chicago. Yeah. Is he good? Rick Tellender in his day, uh, I mean, he, by the time I saw him, he was almost, he had turned into almost a, a lame beer kind of character where he had okay. a 15-footer, but he still banged, and he was much nicer disposition. He wasn't a dick like uh, lame beer, but... But like Tellender was one of the guys you wanted him on your team because he didn't if a guy if a game got physical, he wasn't afraid to bang and he could make 10, 15, you know, 10, 15 footer. And he was, uh, you know, and he would he would find who was the best player on the team um, in that. And, and I and he would he would make sure he got the ball. Um, <laughs> nice. Wasn't often me, but every now and then it was. And um, so. All right. A few more. Um, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, unicorn, unicorn. Never seen anybody like him. Six eleven, can handle it out on the on the perimeter. You um, like him as a guy? When you, I actually kind of do. I I get where he's coming from. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think he should be, you know, he's yeah. he's overly sensitive, but I, I do like him as a guy, and I think he's. I think he's, I think he's a clutch player too. I think he's, he's money. You know what I mean? Like when stuff got really, really tight out here, he was always the guy who, who came through for him. I do like Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'm with you. Whatever you say about personality. One, we never give these guys 
sort of leeway for growing up like we had because we all think they should be, you know, exactly. well, well spoken and mature, make all the right decisions by the time they're 25 and they just don't. And, uh, and they all they all evolve. And two, I just yeah, you're right. I've never seen a, you know, a funny a guy like that. I don't know if he makes it in the ugly 80s. You know, he's almost like a James Worthy type where he had these long limbs or the uh, or, or the 90s where it got so physical. Yeah. And yet he's the evolution of the game, man. He's got the perfect basketball body. He's got the tenacity. He's got the range. Uh, he's yeah, he's special. Um, uh, let's see a couple more. Uh, you, you won't get this one. Alfonso McKinney. Alfonso McKinney. Uh, I stumped you. I stumped you. Former warrior. My understanding is he's uh, killing, killing it in uh, Mexico right now. Is that how the, is that true? How the hell did you know that? Yes, he's the leading scorer for the Capitanis, the the uh, the new NBA G League team that's taken Ciudad de Mexico by storm. It's crazy. There you go. Here. I mean, there's the Mexican national team and Capitanis. It's crazy uh, in football, and then the uh, of course the the basketball team, and they got a great co they got a great coach Ramon Diaz. You know Ramon Diaz. Um, that one I don't know. Former Spanish legend. Uh, okay. He coached the coached the national team for years. Uh, Mitch Thompson, uh, the assistant, um, and they got some they got some nice players. Uh, Mike Torres, you familiar with Mike Torres at all? No, no. Yeah, no. Sorry. He played. No, he played. He played on those Bay Area courts that you did uh, on the weekends. He used to have that run <laughs> with guys, and um, yeah, and he he somehow got <laughs> got. All right, a Bay Area legend, Hook Mitchell, Demetrius Hook Mitchell. You know what? I see Hook every once in a while, believe it or not. Wow. When I, yeah, when I, uh, when I head over to the West Oakland BART station sometimes to, to go to work, when, when Hook got out of, out of prison about 15 years ago, uh, he used to play pickup at Club One. So I, got to, I played with him a few times. Kind of a, not in his prime, but unbelievable. Like, he was so strong. Um, you know, he's still struggling to be honest, but it's, yeah. it's like you ask any of the guys out here, whether it's, whether it's Peyton or whether it's a guy named James Daly, who I who knew him real well. It's like, you know what? Hook just chose in that life. Yeah. And like, it, it, it's almost a, it was, I think it's a conscious decision. He just, that's is the way he wants to live. It's, a, it's exactly right. And I, I've been working on a story on him forever. Uh, I saw him during the 2017 finals. And he was on the street, basically. Yeah. And I found him, and you know, and you know, it was it's great. Like sort of like when I asked Steph Curry about him, he goes, "Do you know where he is? I'd love to meet him." Like Steph Curry wanted to meet the greatest playground legend yeah. in basketball. You know, anybody that's ever heard of Pee Wee Reese or yeah. the Goat Manigault. Like this guy, he was the West Coast version of that. And I, you know, I I always wish that he'd gotten straight, um, but. You're right. He chose some of that life, and that's that's who he is. And I, it's a it's a great cautionary tale. And what happens after you're a great ball player, and that's all that people remember you as? Can you find something else? And luckily, you have Matt Steinman. Sure. Yeah. What was what is it exactly? I don't uh, know, man. It's Dibs, the girl, and Steiny. Wait, it's is it Roger Dibble? Um, you mean Rod Dibble? I'm mean Rod no. Dibble. Nah, it's uh, oh, God, Dan God, God, I'm, God bless you. He was such a jerk. 
I wrote something about him in the Washington Post, and he still wants to oh, pick yeah? me up. Yeah. He's a nasty. He's one of the nasty boys. Yeah, he is. Him and Norm Charlton, and uh, who's the other guy? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Randy right, Myers. Then, Randy Myers. My, good call. Randy Myers. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Randy Myers. Yeah. Um, I'm out. I'm out, man. This is this has been great. I'm glad we caught up. Um, I would like to ask you before you go just about the future of our business, if it, if you even call it that anymore. Um, I, it's such a weird place to be. And, um, you know, like I still, re, I still respect some of the people I used to work with because they're grinding. Um, I still even, I still even read some of the new guys that really know what they're doing. And, but I, but also there's just this, this draining sense of what happened, man, we used to actually cover stuff. And now it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like, we're all working for fan sided, um, right. invisibly and we don't we don't you know we don't admit it but we're we all have these weird connections and i think howard beck explained it well he called it the unholy alliance where some people have to do so much unethical stuff to become good great reporters and right. call the news which I, like, I agree. we never did that shit we like yeah you no. had guys that you liked and you had sources but you never sort of stepped over bounds and, you know, basically wrote either wrote something that wasn't true to help somebody or or basically did anything a guy asked, um, including give up a source in his organization if he really wanted you to. So you could get something else from him. We never did that. I stuff. mean, no, I mean, and plus you had to go back in the locker room every day. Yes. And they used to read the stories. Everybody would read the stories. So, yeah couldn't run and hide from anything and in fact like a lot of times you know you go into that locker room somebody had a problem you know i always found that like the guys who sometimes had a problem with something i i, I wrote or i ended up being closer to them after it was all over than than you know some other guys i maybe you know flattered or whatever but yeah, yeah and they, you know, they the, respected yeah. you for for not being someone in their life that told them what they wanted to hear. A lot of times yeah. a, a writer, a reporter um, would tell them what they needed to hear. And, and there'd be sort of a, a reckoning of, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I get it now. Yeah. Especially, so whatever, whatever. I'm just a bitter old um, dude in the business that sort of like long yeah. days when the yeah. New York times would send me to Miami for a week. And now they don't do that. Guys write from their homes. God, yeah. I mean, look at me. I'm in Mexico doing a podcast. By the way, you're my first uh, Mexican guest. Um, uh, you know, Bruce Bernstein, love him to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did uh, habla español? Uh, poco. Yeah, yeah. Un poquito. Okay, me too. Thank you, Matt Steinmetz. Yes, sir. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. It's time to wrap things up, but not before we talk about the Capitanes. Bruce, they're two and three in this maiden season of theirs. Uh, lost two in a row, which I'm not happy about, including to the Austin Spurs, um, which is, the, of course, the G League affiliate of the San Antonio Spurs. Nonetheless, uh, this week, uh, Mitch Thompson, the assistant coach, has a birthday coming up. We wish him happy birthday. And we, I feel with all my fiber and being that that team is going to get back on track this week against the Spurs again. 
And since we talked about them last week on the Mike Wise show, I believe the uh, American fan base for that team has just been blowing up over the past week. So they owe you a great debt of gratitude for, for putting them, so to speak, on the map uh, uh, here in the States. Yeah, I don't want to take all the credit, but if they would funnel me some royalties, some pesos, it would be nice. I could use them right now. Any quick thoughts on the resurgent Warriors? Well, first of all, Matt Steinmetz was awesome, and we totally want to thank him for for spending time with us. He was great. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors, I think when, when you guys were talking about the culture of that team, I think it's very much alive, and uh, it's going to be fun to see where they take things from here. I'm going to be sad when Steph Curry uh, retires. That's enough out of you, Bruce. Now please hit us with the promos. Yes, Mike. Thank you so much. And uh, we'd like to say thanks to our editor, Drew Rich. Drew! Drew! Are they booing or saying Drew? Drew. Drew. Yeah. Please, check out, please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Uh, Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin. They got a special guest coming up this week. Dwayne Rankin who's the longtime Phoenix Suns beat writer for the Arizona Republic. He's going to share mm-hmm. some perspective on the Red Hot Suns, who are breathing down the Warriors' neck atop the West. And also, uh, uh, see, Red Hot Suns, you saw what I did there, right? And he's also going to uh, try and break down the mess involving team governor Robert Sarver. That show is going to drop on Wednesday. Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is back this Thursday with a fresh new show. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman will soon return with the Pure Hoops podcast each Friday. And of course, you, the great Mike Wise, will be back every week. And please don't miss some of our choice bite-sized discussions from all of our shows in our Pure Hoops media quick hitters. Plus, we have nearly 200 great video segments on our YouTube channel. So please go to YouTube and search for Pure Hoops Media. Mike. Get the vaccination. I've heard it and said it 20,000 times. It means a lot to everybody, not just yourself. Till next time, adios, aloha, and hasta luego, muchachos. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Mm-hmm.